Well, I just I want to do some just a very quick rapid fire question bonus Go questions on. with you, and then yeah, and absolutely then release you to your um, the pleasure dome of your own my late distraction lunch for the rest on of the, the beach, day. Actually, is what it will oh, be. Awesome. <laughs> okay. If you had one piece of advice to give a person who wanted to succeed in your field, however you want to think of your domain of creativity, what would it be? It would be read and watch far more than than you try and write hmm. or, or act. Just watch it's others have heroes. Be unashamed about having people you admire, you want to emulate, and don't worry about stealing from them to start with because you, your own voice will take over. Nice. What, if anything, do you wish you had done differently in your 20s, 30s, or 40s? You can pick the decade. <laughs> well, I wish I hadn't been, and this is, sounds, I wish I hadn't been so wary about, about involving myself in the, in the full side of everything. That's to say, I thought it was my job to write and perform in my 20s, and I wish I'd been more interested in directing and producing and in the whole thing. And I had more confidence in, in throwing myself into every part of, of, of the world that I found myself so fortunately in. It's, it's not a complaint because I've done sort of really ha happily and, and well in the things that I've involved myself in, but I think I could have believed more in, 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 forge you my own destiny rather than waiting for others to ask me to do things right 10 years from now what do you think you'll regret doing too much of or too little of at this point in your life <laughs> eating almost certainly <laughs> i have a strong feeling that it'll too take much me five too much minutes. or too little yeah it'll take me five minutes to cross a room uh, <laughs> what book should everyone read oh heavens that's a fascinating one isn't it uh, well, if you happen to have a complete words of Shakespeare, that's a, sort of such a cop-out, isn't mm -hmm. it? But you really couldn't do much better than that, in my estimation. I really think that would be fabulous. If it was going to be a single work, the book I return to every year and read again and again, simply because it's perfect, is The Great Gatsby, oddly enough. Simply because there's a great test if you've ever written, if you know a scene in a book really, really well, like there's the scene where they, they, they go to the hotel and drink mint juleps and uh, Buchanan um, hits a girl. Mm -hmm. um, it's a powerful scene in this hotel room. Challenge yourself to, to write it. So you right. say, okay, I've, I've read that scene in Great Gatsby 30, 40, 50 times. I'm going to write it out now. So you write it out and then compare to the way Fitzgerald does it. Have you, have you actually yeah, done it? Yeah, I have. It? And I well, think, oh, God, that just yeah. shows me how hopeless I am. How did he think to do it just like that? It's a wonderful exercise. Nice. What negative experience, one that you would wish not to repeat, has most profoundly changed you for the better? Well, that would be a my last suicide attempt, actually. That, 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 fr from that terrible, terrible moment, I, literally my hotel room was broken into. I'd taken pills and done a bottle of vodka with them, and uh, uh, someone knocked the door down in the hotel and uh, put me on a flight back to London. It was from Uganda, of all places. Uh, how, how did they know to find you? Because I was filming and I was late and they just mm. couldn't rouse me on the telephone and they, couldn't, they knocked on the door and knocked on the door and eventually someone broke it down. Mm. I thrashed around broken ribs. Whatever drugs I'd wow. taken had contraindicated and done all kinds of weird things with other stuff. But fortunately, I, I, it didn't end my life. And, uh, but it did 
constitute a kind of rebuilding, a midlife rebuilding mm. of great value to me in terms of inner peace, satisfaction, and general cheerfulness of, of a kind and, uh, and of dealing with this, this bipolar condition that I was clearly born with or developed and that I had to be faced as a real thing. And, mm. and so I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Well, as am I, and I'm sure everyone listening oh, to this is. <laughs> what most worries you about our collective future? Well, I mean, the obvious answer, of course, is it's be silly to avoid it, is the state of the planet, the, the, the fragile planet on which we depend for our existence, and that it really is, the clock is ticking on it. I'm, I think very hard about AI and uh, where that's taking us, particularly not just artificial intelligence, bio-augmentation and brain-machine interfacing and the possibility of you know dumping one's memory and indeed personality if such a thing could be said to have any coherent existence. All those things interest me um, and are profoundly disturbing some days and exciting other days, but the fate of the planet is the one overriding. If I had children like you, I, I, I really would be deeply distressed at, mm. at, at, at the... Uh, Literally, the, the the physical parameters. Are you they... thinking specifically about climate change and, yes, and climate environmental change. Yes. degradation? Yeah. yeah. If you could solve just one mystery as a scientist or historian or journalist, if you could just unearth one fact, say, what would it be? Gosh, that's a really good one, isn't it? I suppose it would come down to something around trying to see if you could define and identify what it is that, uh, that, that causes people to be so unhappy that they cut themselves. This is just a thing that, because it's so new in my life, this self-harm, mm. I, I talk to schools a lot, and the mm. phrase self-harm didn't exist when I was a schoolboy. I didn't know anybody who'd ever cut themselves. I'd never heard of such a thing. It just didn't exist. And now you go to a school and it can be a school of most privileged children you've ever heard of, you know, Eton College in England or something. You know. And it'll be as much a, a, an epidemic there as it is in a school which is in the, the inner city uh, and, and mostly come children from broken homes. It doesn't seem to be clear as to what the... Do you think it's a, is it a, a social contagion? Is it just a simply I mean, the it meme? is a social contagion, but where what the causes of it are, I right. don't know. And I just think it would open up a lot as to, I mean, how a child of 14, 13, even 10, with this beautiful skin that they've only just got, this beautiful body, this they would want to hurt it. And I've spoken to children who do it, who do it compulsively, and and the answer is always the same, is they do it to to get rid of the pain inside. Mm. And that's just so upsetting. If I could find out how it is that children could be so so unhappy to, as to want to do that. If it, was so, if it was as simple as, oh, it's because their you know, uncle's abusing them or their, their, their father's left the home or their mother's an alcoholic or an opioid addict. But it's, it's not that, you know, the, the, uh, the, those conditions, it's, you know, are not uh, necessary or exclusive in any mm. way. It's, mm. If you could resurrect just one person from history and put them in the, our world today and give them the benefit of a modern education? Uh, who would you want to have on Team Human? 
He wouldn't need a, a modern education because he kind of virtually invented it. And I'm afraid it's rather predictable, but it would be Oscar Wilde because mm. I think he does characterize so many of the virtues mm. that I. And you, you, you played him in a, I in did a film, play him yeah. in a film, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I've always, always deeply been fascinated by him. One of the loveliest facts I know, which I will share with you, is that his, his tomb in Père Lachaise Cemetery in Paris, recently the Irish government with the Père Lachaise authorities, contributed money to have it restored. And the reason it needed restoring was that this man who was brought down lower than any Victorian had ever been mm. brought down to two years uh, hard labor and imprisonment and, and a life of rejection and exile and hatred, his tomb had corroded because of kissing. Right. Oh, he'd been kissed so awesome. many times, yeah. the marble had begun to corrode. And yeah. I find that deeply satisfying as yeah. a symbol of something. and and. Yeah, I just finished with this thought as well, that the Oscar one is when I was first used to visit schools and colleges to give talks, or indeed when I was myself a student, who would you see on the walls? You'd see Karl Marx and you'd see John Lennon or, or, or Jimi Hendrix because either revolutionary politics or rock and roll were going to transform the world and save it. Mm. But now, and certainly later, you go to a student's rooms and it'll be Einstein and Oscar Wilde because... No one believes anymore that revolutionary Marxism is going to solve the world's problems right. or that rock and roll is going to in some opinion. But the life of the mind, as exemplified by Einstein, little as we may understand much of what he said as, as layman, just the idea of this grand, wrinkled, internationalist face with its mm. tongue poking out, and Oscar, this, this kind of prince of Bohemia, they, they both lead to a greater glory than than rock and roll or, hmm. or, or Marxism. Yeah. And finally, the, the frivolous Jurassic Park question. If we were in a position to recreate the T-Rex, should we do it? <laughs> uh, not the T-Rex on its own. I think no. you'd have to bring the rest of his friends along. Oh. It would be a bit unfair on us right. because we'd be the only meat around. I think you'd need a few big diplo diplodoguses or however you pronounce them now. You know, some of the big... Vegetarian ones with lots of meat on them. Right. right. 